For those of us staying in here, let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. So I've been preaching here for like 18 months and I haven't fallen off of this thing. So there you go. I saved that for the annual meeting. So one way you can know I'm from Fort Worth and not from Dallas, there's many ways you can know I'm from Fort Worth and not from Dallas. But one of the major ways is I actually love the city of Houston. Uh, if you're from Dallas, maybe not so much. I lived there for a decade or so at different times. And, and one of the things I love about Houston is Houston is very real about its flaws. There was a guerrilla marketing campaign that started with like a small group of folks that has eventually got um, Rice University involved, the city involved, and it's become a thing. And it's no joke, Houston, it's worth it. Because if you think about, like in the first five years of the city of Houston's existence, right, the Allen brothers landed on this shore, they thought they found this great place. Within the first five years of them building a city, it burned down once and flooded twice. <laughs> and they continued to rebuild. And I've been there when it's flooded three times, and they continue to rebuild. But I was thinking about that this weekend, because my nephew is a freshman at Rice University, and his birthday was Friday. And so my sister and her husband and my other nephew went down to Houston to surprise him. And they get into downtown, and they're texting. My sister's texting me. And you can imagine getting to downtown Houston around 5.30 when it's raining and storming. And she's like, it's been 20 minutes, and we've moved like two miles. It's like, Houston, it's worth it. <laughs> but there's a the thing, right? I, so I worked in downtown Houston. If there's any level of rain in downtown Houston, there is one exit out of the canyon that is downtown Houston that's guaranteed not to flood, right? Otherwise, like your normal way may or may not be open depending on how much rain there is. And so anytime there was any kind of rain and I was leaving my job downtown, I'd have to pull up Google Maps, right? And it would tell me it would be a big dark red line, right? And I was like, oh, I can't go that way. I've actually got to go south or whatever, right? And then you would look on Twitter or look on wherever, and you'd see the pictures of the people who didn't look at Google Maps, and they thought they could make it through that, and their car is like sideways, and there's a, a boat trying to get them. You know. <laughs> Fun things like that. Again, Houston, it's worth it. <clears throat> but more often than not, I think our attempts to navigate the road ahead doesn't always end up with pictures on social media, right? We don't always make the news, whether it's personal struggles, family issues, or even decisions we make as a church together. The road ahead maybe doesn't make the news, but it's no less important to God. I think each of us could tell the stories about the the challenges we face, the opportunities that lie ahead of us, the decisions that we get to make. Each of us could tell the story about the road that lies ahead of us. Most of us have been, have been taught or have been conditioned to face this road ahead by seeking to accumulate power, strength, money, accomplishment. Right? We can conquer the road ahead through sheer force of will. Right? When we travel this road ahead, we have to look out for ourselves because no one else is going to look out for us. 
At least that's the story we've been told. We work to be rich so we can have what we want. We work to have power so we can take what we want. We work to argue so we can be proven right. We fight so that we can win. Those attitudes fill our social media, they fill the headlines, it seems to fill the world around us. People face the road ahead by accumulating strength and power and money, by circling the wagons, by playing everything close to the vest. But that's a lie. And Jesus' life and teaching lay bare that lie. Jesus offers us a different way to face the road ahead. The way that Jesus offers us isn't about strength, but rather about weakness. It isn't about riches, but rather about generosity. It isn't about control, but rather about letting go. As Paul said in his epistle, it's a stumbling block, it's foolishness, but it is the power of the cross. Jesus' strategy for facing the road ahead is, is clearly laid out in our gospel reading for today, the Beatitudes. We've heard these a million times, right? We know them all. Blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are the meek, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. That is how we face the challenges, the opportunities, the decisions that lay ahead of us. That is how we face the road ahead. The Beatitudes aren't about building up and acquiring. They're about letting go and surrendering. The Beatitudes aren't about consolidating power and overcoming the other. They're about opening wide our arms and embracing the other. Let's look at these. We are called to be poor in spirit. That means we don't seek everything for ourselves, right? I don't think this means we're called to lives of poverty. Some people are, but this is not a stewardship talk. <laughs> but it says poor in spirit. We empty our spirit to make room for God. I think about our spiritual awareness group that meets here on Thursdays. They open up to one another and share what's going on in their lives, and they make room to see where God is moving and active in their lives. We're called to mourn. We've done our fair share of mourning over the past year. But even more than mourning the personal grief, we mourn together and we carry each other's burdens. And so I think about prayer shawl. I think about quiet committee. Those people who come alongside and feed and wrap around and support folks who mourn. We are called to be meek. It means we don't take up all the space in the room. 
we approach humbly, neither seeking or seeing more or less of ourselves than we really are. I think about our Christian formation classes. When they come in and no one in there, let alone the person who stands up and gets to teach, knows everything and we learn from each other. The lectionary Bible study, a group of people who sit around and say, I don't know what this means. Can you help me figure it out? We are called to hunger and thirst for righteousness. This means we strive for real and deep and meaningful connection. We seek the well-being of others. We seek justice for everyone and everywhere. I think about our human flourishing class, where we have tough conversations and read difficult books because we want to learn about the experiences of people that don't look like us, that don't think like us. I think about Sisters of the Spirit, a group of folks who come from a variety of backgrounds, a variety of faith traditions, and they come together to enjoy each other's company and build community so that when tragedy happens at a synagogue, they know they have Episcopalians down the street that love and care for them. We are called to be merciful. This means we seek to live with tenderness, gentleness, graciousness, unconditional love. The world needs a little more mercy, don't you think? I think about our Stephen ministry. Folks who step out of their comfort zone, it is not an easy thing to walk alongside people who are in need. It's not an easy thing to stand up and pray for folks who come up and they're just going to tell you something and they want you to pray with and for them. And so I think about the folks who stand up and say, yes, my heart is filled with mercy and I want to walk alongside people who are hurting. We're called to be pure in heart. This means we seek to let go of fear and anger and hatred jealousy. We seek to live wholeheartedly and offer all that we are and all that we have. I think about our children and youth ministry. Where else can you see on display wholehearted love, pure and heart love? Where else can you see a dozen teenagers wake up early for five straight days in the summer to come and tell little kids that God loves them? Our VBS is run by teenagers. That may scare you. <laughs> if any of you want to help corral that, talk to me after the service. But I think about that, the teenagers who, who help put that on. We are called to be peacemakers. This means we seek to heal the pain in the world, or at least not add to the pain. We seek to rid our thoughts and words of action and actions of violence. We seek to teach the world a better way. And so I think about the folks who go stand with high school kids at a march for school safety, or parishioners who go and, and stand up at school board meetings and declare that every kid is worthy. I think about the ways that we support folks around the world in hard situations, the way that we pray for folks, 
There's someone who comes up here almost every week at the time for healing prayer. And one of the things they pray for is peace in the world. We're called to be peacemakers. We will wrestle and struggle with these Beatitudes every day. If we seek to live this way that Jesus lives, if we seek to face the road ahead the way that Jesus lays out, it's not going to be easy. None of these things are easy. I fail more than anyone else at trying to do these things. But that's why we're here together. Every one of us together who commits to this way of life will experience struggle and wrestling. We'll be tempted to take a different way. Lord knows that the world will present us with different ways. Sunday brunch is a different way. Right? I think we all learned during COVID that there's this whole thing that happens on Sunday mornings that's not church, and sometimes that's really amazing. <laughs> I'll be the first to admit that. But we seek a different way. We seek to gather with folks who love and follow the Savior who shows us a different way. Yet here we are. Today is our annual meeting. Today we get to vote on things, and it seems like business, and sure, it's business, and we have bylaws and an agenda and all of that. But we'll get to that stuff in a minute. But more than that, this is a chance for us to recommit ourselves to the mission of this place, a chance to recommit ourselves to God's mission, a chance to recommit ourselves to facing the road ahead by following the way of Jesus. So it's not often that like all of us are together, right? Normally we have 8 o'clock, we have 10.30. And so some of y'all may be meeting each other for the first time. Again, welcome. You're not all new. You know, some of you have been here a long time. But there's not a lot of times that we get to stand up as, as one family. And so I'm going to take this opportunity. We'll still get to the creed in a minute. We won't do that part of it. But there's this thing, for you 1030 folks, you might have forgotten about this. There's a book with a cross on it in the pew in front of you. <laughs> you 8 o'clock folks, you know this well. But if you'll take that book out. For you folks online, I'm sorry, you're just going to have to follow along. And if you turn to page 293. We'll do this again in a couple of weeks when uh, we baptize some folks. But every time we do those baptisms, right, we recommit ourselves. Part of that is we declare the creed. We'll do that in a minute when I sit down. But we ask ourselves some questions. And we recommit ourselves to these questions. And these questions flow from the Beatitudes. Right? We're called to do these things. These questions flow from Micah 6.8 that we read today. What does the Lord require of you? To do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly. We recommit ourselves to following the way of Jesus in the road that lies ahead. So we'll start. Uh, your part's real easy. I will with God's help. Uh, about halfway down on page 293. Go ahead and stand up. Let's go ahead and stand up. So as we face this year ahead, as we face this road ahead, 
Will you continue in the apostles' teaching and fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in the prayers? Will you persevere in resisting evil, and whenever you fall into sin, repent and return to the Lord? Will you proclaim by word and example the good news of God in Christ? Will you seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving your neighbor as yourself? Will you strive for justice and peace among all people and respect the dignity of every human being? May Almighty God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given us a new birth by water and the Holy Spirit, and bestowed upon us the forgiveness of sins, keep us in eternal life by his grace, in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. And now, let us together affirm our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed.